0: Did you ever wonder what your pastor didn't say on Sunday? This is the Afterthoughts Show, a podcast inspired to help Christians walk with Jesus throughout the week. Your hosts are Zane Garza and Pastor Chris Chadwick from Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego, California. And we'll talk about biblical truths that didn't make it into Sunday morning's message. Welcome to another episode of the Afterthoughts Show. I'm Zane Garza.
1: I'm Chris Chadwick.
0: I am not pumped. But I am excited. <laughs> I'm pumped here. to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Uh, we have a special guest in attendance today, Nate De La Vega, one of uh, my favorite teenagers. They're all my favorite, but uh, he's joining us. We've got discipleship right after this, and uh, I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, the no pumped phrase is because pumped, I just told him in staff meeting, pumped is my word. You've got to come up with your own word. You can't steal my words. And so kind of a funny, stupid thing that we're doing. Noth- nothing there. So that's why Zane said, I'm not pumped today. I'm not pumped.
0: No uh heart. maybe stoked, but I don't uh, know. No,
1: that's I think that's a good word. It's a good one. That's a good stoked. word. Stoked. Stoking the Fire. Like stoking the fire. Yeah. 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 Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans is <laughs> that's John's phrase. It's my sister's phrase. My mom says that <laughs> <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Okay, don't say that. Okay,
0: don't say that. All right. What was I gonna say? Right. Um I've been enjoying the San Diego weather. Uh, it's have you warmed been to up, me? Yeah. yeah. It's warm, but when you go to the desert, I went to the desert this past weekend, and it was hot.
1: Outdoor adventure ministries. Outdoor
0: adventure. Anza Borrego Springs. I don't know what the springs was all about because it was there was nothing springing except for maybe the sweat from my armpits.
1: I heard that in your cabin on on Friday night or Saturday. Friday night, I guess it was. It was like ninety degrees when you guys went to sleep, and
0: it was hot. I don't think I've ever s- like perspired so much while trying. I think to the word is perspired. Perspired. Yeah,
1: perspirated. Perspirated. I think that happens like. Somewhere else, I don't think that's <laughs> I think that's a. I don't think that's the word you were looking for. I think you're
0: my pastor because I don't know English very well, <laughs> and he's always teaching me. Like, did you mean bring or took? Or he always corrected me on that. Zane
1: always says interesting words. Like, I need to bring my wife the car. You. What, what? You need to take your wife the car? Oh, yeah. That's whatever. So. I don't know. I went to public school in kind Canada. Of oh, hard. come on. You, you got a great
0: education. You got a great education. It was mediocre. But yeah. well, anyways, is there anything that you wish you would have said yesterday uh, during your message?
1: I wish I would have said, um, I brought you guys carne asada, but that would have been a lie. But I wish I would have. Um, I wish I would have eaten some of that. Yeah. Um uh man, you just hit me with that right off the bat. Like I wasn't even ready for for that. Um I um I I uh, will probably think of some as you start asking questions. Okay, start asking questions. So skip start that asking one. so skip that one and let's okay. come back to it. All right,
0: yeah. you're well, we're in Romans eight. Right. Um uh, well you're in Romans eight. I guess I was joining you there. Um and this week you were in thirty-one to thirty four. Thirty one to thirty-four. What shall we then say to these things if God be for us? who can be against us. Your for, first point yesterday was, God is for us. And I wrote down this verse, um, j- I just came to mind when I was thinking about this point. Uh, it's Romans 11.33, which you'll get to in future weeks. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Um, for whatever reason, I thought of that verse in this, in this sense, um, it kind of doesn't make sense that God is for us. And yeah. even though we're saved and we're children of God, oftentimes, at least in my mind, I'm like, man, God is not happy with me or God isn't for me, yeah. like the way things are going. So,
1: Yeah, the title of the message was Reasons to Rejoice, and it's really one, it's one message um, between verses 31 and 39 broken up into two points, um, and the the first point verse 31 to 34. Uh, is the work that God has done for us, and that 's where we saw God is for us, and then the second is the love that God has for us that we 'll look at this coming week and uh, man, I just thought the the concept of God is for us, and you know you you have an idea when you when you sit down and you start studying and, and you 're reading through and you 're praying and you 're defining words and all that and um And it's just cool when you get confirmation from commentators and things like that, that help you to understand that God is for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? And it's rhetorical. No, no one is going to be against us. And he's talking. And I I do wish that I would have been able to bring this out a little more deeply that, um, the end state is heaven. There are a lot of uh, the the for us is God giving us eternal life in heaven, not God giving us a house in La Jolla and a Ferrari to drive, or or whatever would be your picture of wealth or prosperity. Um, There are so many people who preach what we call a prosperity gospel, and I dealt with that. And sometimes when we when we have both services, I'm not sure if I dealt with it in both services, but I pray that I was able to convey that God being for us is eternal life is heaven um, and the fellowship and the peace that we have in this life. Now, it is not some financial remuneration per se. It's not God like, hey, you're going to be you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise because I'm for you. No, you're going to have eternal life in heaven with me, which is going to be awesome, which we dealt with earlier, what, three, four weeks ago in verses uh, 21, 22, 23. So, I just it, God is for us, man. So so who's going to say anything to God about us when he's already said he's for us? It's an awesome reality. It is.
0: Would you say that God being for us would also include the, the persevering aspect? So you, you spoke about heaven. Well, obviously the future, but then in the present are um, growing to be more like Christ are enduring until that day when we stand before him.
1: Yeah, I, I mean the grace that God gives us to help us. I mean, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. I brought that out yesterday. Um, that um every one of us, Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty nine and thirty, every one of us want to grow spiritually. And if we'll stay close to the Lord and be diligent, he'll do the work. He'll he'll conform us if we allow ourselves to be conformed. If we don't resist the Lord, but resist the devil. It's going to be awesome to watch the growth that happens in in all of our lives. Amen. And and the growth isn't because, like, hey, I want to grow and be the, better than you. It's just, I just want to be closer to Jesus. Amen. Yeah.
0: That's good. Uh, the verse I thought of along those lines was uh, 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Mm. Oftentimes we think that serving the Lord is, is the harder route. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I
1: brought that out in one of the services,
0: maybe both same for me i don't know you say things and it's whether it, it 8 30 or ten thirty? i don't know either. water
1: off a duck's back i yeah. forget what you even say yeah <laughs> um but we we really do we often think like oh serving the lord is so hard living in the world would be so much easier and there is a truth to that
0: right just following your
1: flesh following your you flesh want. doing whatever you want but the end state of sin is always death mm-hmm. and and just like god being for us doesn't only mean heaven. It means God is for us here, though it doesn't mean we're going to be wealthy, but we're going to have grace and peace and joy in our life. Um, the death of sin isn't just a death that is um, eternal in hell for Christ rejectors. All sin does, all sin can do is bring death. You know, it's not like, oh, I live in the world and I'm just having so much fun watching porn. Well, there's pleasure in sin for a season, the book of Hebrews says, but after that, all sin can do is bring death. And that season is a short season, bro. It is not a long season. It's a short season. It's like the Padres in baseball. It is a short season. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm just sad that the Padres aren't doing this great. This year it is yeah. a short season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a short season. A hopefully, hopefully something will happen. But
0: yeah. yeah, Sin will bring about our ultimate ruin. Yep. And God loves us too much to allow that to happen. Yep. I heard that the other day. Yep. I thought it was a great way to, to, to say it. Um, another point that you had... Uh, yesterday was God justifies us. Mm. And so verse number 33, uh, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who is he speaking about? Like who's trying to bring a charge against God's elect?
1: Well, in the text, um, we would Obviously, we would assume based on Scripture, the book of Job, Zechariah chapter 3, I think it is verses 1 to one to 7, 1 to 17. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, even looking at my notes as we're sitting here talking. Um, Satan is going to be one who's bringing a charge to God's elect before God. Um, and the elect, obviously, we're traditionalists, not Calvinist or Armenian. We we would have a traditional soteriology. Um but the elect are those folks that are that are saved. They're 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 within the family of God, um, and they're redeemed individuals. And so, who can bring anything to their charge? Who who can who can say anything? No, it's God that justifies. He already justified them. So, it, it, Satan for sure. But anybody else it doesn't matter what you say. You know, sometimes people in the world will tell you, like, you know, go to, and then they'll say the word hell and as a curse word and a pejorative statement. No, you can't, you're not going to bring that charge against me. This decision has already been made. God justified me. And Billy, Billy Graham, excuse me, Billy Graham defined justification as just as if I had never sinned, and and I love that definition, but I think it's incomplete in the fact that it doesn't give the clear picture of what that is. Justification literally means to restore man to his original state of fellowship with God, which is just as if mankind had never sinned. Not just if man, not just if I had never sinned, if I had never sinned, I'm still a sinner. But if mankind had never sinned, imagine if we all lived in the Garden of Eden. Man, that would have been awesome. And and that's what justification spiritually does. It restores us to that place. And it's, it's an awesome reality. And so people bring charges against us. Satan brings charges against us. We bring charges against ourselves or we accuse ourselves. Like, uh, I mean, I do. I don't know about you, but there's more than a few times I've been like, Chris, you're such a loser. I mean, come on, do better. Why'd you think that thought? Why'd you look at that thing or that person or whatever? Why'd, why'd you have that? Why, why, why are you so insecure sometimes? And, and I, we can even charge ourselves, but who can? I'm justified. And it's just a cool, it's a, it's a beautiful, amazing truth to remember that if you're saved, if you've repented of your sin and trusted Jesus as your Savior, which is available to all mankind, if you're saved, God has justified you. It's a wonderful
0: reality. It is. Yeah. It is. Something I need to remember. Uh, you mentioned Satan being being the accuser, and mm-hmm. obviously we know in the Word of God, he's the accuser of the brethren. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a question, how does Satan do this? Like, how does Satan go before God or stand before God and accuse Chris Chadwick for something that you've done on this side of eternity, given that he obviously has sinned against God?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are some things that we don't fully understand. Um, And and maybe uh, there's probably people that know more about this that are, we, we should probably read more. But we see it in the book of Job. We read about it in the book of Zechariah. Um, that Satan seems in the Scripture to um, have in some ways—I'm going to use a word, it's probably the wrong word—but access to God's throne, um, probably very limited. I'm going to make an assumptive theological thought here uh, that he does not come whenever he wants, but he comes when God allows him to come. Um, Satan is not omnipresent. He 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 is not God. He doesn't have the power of God. So he can't be in two places at once. So I would assume, um, again, making an assumption, and I'd have to study this out, but I think it would fit in the construct of Scripture, that God allows him to come at certain times. And when he does, again, the example of the book of Job, he makes accusations against people. He makes accusations against believers I don't think I've risen to the level of Satan making accusations against <laughs> me. I was just thinking me. about that. Like that'd be a good goal to have, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've made that. I, I don't. I don't. in me, I don't. I, I don't even think Satan's minions have to make that accusation against. Him. I think I do a pretty good job myself, uh, being like, eh, okay, I've given plenty of fodder on this one, um, and so yeah. Um, but, but it seems like from there, Zechariah chapter three, that we see that. Okay.
0: Yeah, just a question I had during the preaching, and I had another question that was kind of similar to that. Uh, you spoke kind of extensively about, like, God is a judge because God is the one who justifies. Mm-hmm. Christ is the intercessor. Christ is the, me- the, the mediator, the advocate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then in the book of, I think, Romans and 2 Corinthians, we see uh, the phrase judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what's the—obviously we know Christ is God— and nice. so i'm just trying to differentiate and i know the trinity can kind of get confusing but mm-hmm. i was hoping maybe you could clarify
1: yeah at the judgment seat of christ we're going to be judged and it seems like in scripture we're going to be judged um at the judgment seat of christ by god for how we responded to christ The unbelievers will be judged at the great white throne judgment where God will ultimately at the end of the millennial kingdom, at the end of the end of the thousand years, um, loose everyone from hell that has ever died and everyone on the earth that died and everyone will stand before God and he'll pronounce sentence against them. And this justification in verse number 33 that we're looking at, um, that's a salvific justification. He's talking about salvation. So who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You're, you're justified. Your your relationship is restored against God, with God. Um, you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and justified by God the Father. So maybe I went in a big circle there, but I sure hope I
0: did. You know, something I just thought of while you were you were talking though that verse in Hebrews for us all stand or uh, first the point on man once to die then the judgment. Mm-hmm. So if the unbeliever once they die do they they go straight to hell and then they'll stand before god at the great white throne's judgment whatever that is yeah.
1: Well, they'll be judged immediately, and then they'll be in a final judgment. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. And some
1: people will be so deceived, according to Matthew chapter 24, that when they get out of the fires of hell for that final time, they'll look at God, and they will literally say to the Lord, it's shocking. They'll say, well, you made a mistake. In your name, I cast out devils. In your name, I did many wonderful works. In your name, I did this. I did this. I did this. And and the Bible says that God will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. In other words, what we understand is that people can do things things in the name of Jesus and Jesus not be attached to it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think we're seeing that um, a very prominent preacher came out this last week and said something so accurate and, and, and so concise and beautiful that at the end times, apostasy and, and preaching a false gospel will abound. And I don't know that we've ever lived in an era with as much false gospel as we live in right now. Yes. And and maybe we have, and this is the only era I've lived in, yes. but I've studied the other ones, and and there's always been false gospel, but—I mm-hmm. mean, and you do have the Dark Ages, but nobody really considered that to be the gospel, per se.
0: They're just uh, Christ rejecters. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Or, or, you know, prominent Catholic figures or whatever that were trying to build a Catholic kingdom, if
0: you will. Right. You think the, the internet has something to do with that, or— I
1: think the internet, the
0: heart of man, um,
1: yeah, people, the
0: ability to travel, to see stuff, to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Well, we'll stop there. Right. Pastor, what's your favorite thing to do in the summertime? Man, I
1: love the beach. Yeah. I just love being outside. I love the beach. I'll probably go again tomorrow. I was there last Tuesday, and I just love hanging out. I just fell asleep at the beach last week. I was really tired, and all I did was sleep. Put up my umbrella.
0: I was going to say, did you have some shade? <laughs> yeah. Put up
1: my umbrella. Sat under my sat in my chair. Laid it back, and uh, and Debbie and I went to sleep. And so it's been a different a different summer with the passing of my mother in law. So just right. kind of our our um, you know when your emotions are running high, um, and not I don't mean running high in a bad way. They, that can be a bad way, but just you know we were pretty our margin was pretty thin. Uh, I mean, every month since January, basically, Debbie's gone back and forth to Bakersfield at least once, many times twice a month, and and I'm going with her, and we're trying to make major decisions and all that. We were just just emotionally uh, and physically, and in some ways even spiritually, spent. And the Lord gave a ton of grace and uh, very good, but my mother-in-law, who went home to be with the Lord, it... it um, there's a joy in our soul and a sadness in our heart that, that she's, she's gone. Um, but dude, um, we were ready to rest. And, uh, um, so we had a little break and then, then we came back and we were ministering to people Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, tonight. And then tomorrow we'll probably take a little bit of rest and then we'll go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so and the joy of the ministry, you know, spent mm-hmm. in being spent for Christ. And so, right. um, super thankful for the opportunity hey we had a great weekend at canyon ridge this weekend we called it vacation sunday we're like everybody was out of town but it was still an awesome weekend to be together and we uh are excited about what the lord's going to do this sunday at canyon ridge as we pick up in romans chapter 8 verse number 35 mm-hmm. and to the end of the chapter and i'm, I'm really pumped about that and i uh, want to encourage people if you live in the san diego area to come send the podcast to somebody that's a friend and um Man, we're just praying to, uh, for an opportunity to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and want to encourage people to stay faithful to the Lord, um, even in the summertime. And Satan's trying to pick some people off, and sure. we see it. He always does. He's crafty, and some people fall prey to that from time to time, and um, that's always a bummer. But we are we're really uh, thrilled about what the Lord is doing, and we look forward to seeing his continued work at, at Canyon Ridge Baptist Church.
0: Amen. The pillar and ground of truth absolutely
1: not just canyon ridge all bible preaching bible teaching churches all the world over and last night we had canyon ridge sings you didn't even bring that up tell folks what canyon ridge sings is Uh,
0: canyon ridge sings is a night where we sing a lot of songs uh probably eight to ten uh something like that eight to ten songs uh we just sing and praise to the lord what are you saying john go ahead he said he can't remember the numbers yeah (laughs) nate do you remember about ten. Okay. I feel like ten sounds about right. Yeah, somewhere in that. <laughs> ten ballpark. songs, um, just singing, praising the Lord for what, what He's done, who He is, yeah. uh, what He's gonna do. This is a night of
1: really intentional worship and singing back to the Lord. A brief exposition on worship always at the beginning, towards the beginning, I should say, not always the first thing that we do. Um, fellowship. The church met together to fellowship, pray, read the words, sing, worship. So it was a fun
0: night. Fun night. And then we had some uh, palitas. Is that what they so I don't know. Uh, I keep forgetting what they're called, honestly. Paletas. Hello. <laughs>
1: Uh, we we had Mexican ice cream Mexican bars ice cream. and they are amazing. If you've never had one, if if you're like you know, maybe you're like I don't know, are those good? They are. They are fantastic. I love them. Can you them. have them? Uh because they're made out of cream, because I'm i I'm allergic to milk, but I'm not allergic to cream. There's a process in there. There's a protein process that really messes me up. Um and just it's not good. Um, and uh, but the cream I can have, and so I had a mango one last night. Now, I don't want to have two or three, but I had a mango one last night. Um, and I heard from Aki that coconut is better than mango. Now, Aki is Nate's aunt. Would you agree with your auntie on that? Okay, he doesn't agree with her, so (laughs) which is totally fine, totally fine. So, um, Anyway, great times at Canyon Ridge. Looking forward to a great rest of the summer. And Zane Garza is going on vacation here pretty soon, a couple weeks. Going back to Ohio. And then when he gets back. call that vacation, sure. Okay, well, he's going to Ohio. (laughs) And the day that Zane gets back, I leave to preach a a men's retreat in Hawaii. And then Debbie and I are taking a few days while we're there. So excited
0: for the summertime. God bless. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Afterthoughts Show with Zane Garza and Chris Chadwick. To listen to the sermon that inspired this episode, check out Canyon Ridge Baptist Church on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. For information about our church, Pastor Chadwick, or how to know Jesus is your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgesandiego.com. Canyon Ridge is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday. We'll see you next time.